The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley and I am your host. And you guys, today we are here with Jennifer Major. She's one of the OGs from when I first launched this podcast. So Jennifer, it is a real treat to have you on today. And she is going to be talking about a really interesting and I believe important conversation. She asked the question, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the stuff in your home or gone through your day unsure what you actually have accomplished? I know I can relate with both of those. Well, Jennifer believes that you need her in your life. She's a professional organizer and has been for 16 years, and she's the founder and CEO of Cultivating You. And here's the best part. She loves empowering and educating women of all colors to feel brave and confident to organize her everyday life into an extraordinary life. And who doesn't want that, right? So her story, which she's going to share with us today, starts really with the struggles of chronic illness and divorce and natural disasters. I'm interested to hear where that part goes. But she's found a way to persevere and grow in the midst of all of that muck. And she genuinely believes that true organization and confidence is the solution. She's here to talk about it all with us today. Welcome, Jennifer, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks, girl. I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah, it's, it's fun being one of the OGs from back in the day. I know, right? I got to tell you, I am really excited and interested to hear your conversation today. Um, I am going to uh, be completely honest and transparent, put my hand up, in that I am not the most organized person. So I am speaking today on behalf of all the listeners, all of you at home who are not the most organized people. I'm going to be asking questions for you because uh, I feel your pain and we're going to get some great answers today. So if I may, Jennifer, like if I've learned anything about this podcast, it is that our personal journeys and experiences so often influence the work that we do and the contribution that we choose to make in the world. Could I ask you to touch a little deeper on, you mentioned the struggles of chronic illness, divorce, natural disasters. Can you just take us back and walk us through how you got to do the work that you do? And then we'll talk a little bit about what that is. Absolutely. And when, when you put them all in one sentence like that, it does sound a little crazy. <laughs> um, they, they didn't all happen in one week. Um, <laughs> um, though, kind of. So I had really incredibly painful periods from the very beginning. And, and you know, but it was expected in my, in my world. Um, that's, you know, I remember my mom saying that that was just something that I should expect. And so it didn't seem weird and started having some strange things that were kind of unexplainable, but not really tragic in my mid twenties. And then just started having some intense periods, intense pain. Eventually after, I don't know, a couple of minor procedures, a lot of hormones and tests and all the things finally was diagnosed with endometriosis, which the only way that you can be diagnosed with that is surgically. 
at the time. And, you know, and this was, you know, 20, 25 years ago, 25 years ago, I guess. Um, and so the options were much different. And I had an amazing doctor. It was, you know, I'd always said that I would never have a male doctor because he didn't know what cramps felt like because that was so important. But he was, he was finally the person who listened and he was a PhD and an MD. So he, he geeked out on stuff. And so that helped, but I mean, every single month I would have just this debilitating pain and, and, and it was more intense when I would get my cycle, but it hurt all the time and, and at different levels. And I remember him saying at one point to me that, you know, Jen, like you can't just live on narcotics. Like I was taking Darvocet, which is now not even a legal drug on the market. Right. And so I'm like, I, I don't even want to look up why it's not a legal drug. I just know it's not. He's like, you have to find something else to, to help combat the pain, to help combat, you know, and, and be able to function. And so I turned to a couple of things. I turned to getting, you know, a little bit, you know, almost, almost OCD, like, like, okay, I can't control anything that's happening in my body. So I'm going to control everything in my surroundings. And, and this was when I was single. This was when, you know, and then I got married and, and it was just, that was a way to control it. And I could predict generally when it was going to get worse. And so I would just get really organized about that. And, and the funniest thing is I, I mean, I had a massive surgery every year in September, which was apparently handy because when I was recovering from that, that's when I would do my Christmas cards every year. And so when I stopped having surgery, apparently I stopped sending Christmas cards. <laughs> because it's just, that was, that was part of my rhythm of life. And I mean, down to the littlest things in terms of like weird time blocking, like, like I would know I, that I needed certain times of the month. I would have to take this really intense narcotic to just even be functional, but I couldn't drive with it. And so I was like, okay, so, and I had to eat at the same time. So, okay, I'm going to drive to work. I'm going to heat up my oatmeal. I'm going to take my medicine and then I'm going to work during the day. We're going to ignore the fact that I was working <laughs> with details. This was when I was in HR. And so I was working in, in details, spreadsheets, things like that, right? On the cottage. Couldn't drive, but happy to work. And, and it would be worn off in, with enough time that I could then drive home, eat dinner, and take my next one. And so, you know, time blocking just, you know, at that point took, you know, kind of a strange turn. But it was... It was how it had to be to be able to sort of function in my life. And then, you know, you enter, you know, the, the divorce, the, the natural disaster thing happened a couple of times. So the divorce followed Hurricane Ike. I'm in Houston, so we get hurricanes. Um, and, you know, it's the marriage was over long before the hurricane. Yeah. The hurricane was just that final straw. And trying to figure out how to have my own business. At that point, I had my own business and figuring that out and a two-year-old and a house with no electricity, no water for a while, 
and I still need to work. And, you know, and then going through all the changes that came with the divorce and it was not, I was blessed. It was not an ugly divorce. We still get along great. We co-parent well together 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. The other 5% is why we're no longer married. (laughs) And and we both agree with that, you know, so, but it was navigating a different world of being a single mom, even though he was super supportive and then eventually got remarried and had a stepdaughter who was older and incorporating that adventure into the mix. And then fast forwarding to Hurricane Harvey, where we were downstream from the reservoir. Our, we were blessed and cursed, I would say, at the same time, because our home did not flood, which is a blessing. But the curse of it was, it was eight inches from our front door for three weeks. Hmm. We didn't flood, so we didn't get any any flood insurance. We didn't get any additional support money, anything like that. We couldn't file with FEMA. We couldn't get a hotel room. We couldn't get a rental car, any of that. You had to have the FEMA number for that. And you only got that if you flooded. Mm. And so we had to just figure it out. And so that meant my husband living at the house to make sure that it was safe. My daughter living with her dad so that she could get to school Mm. and a big job I was working on at the time was on the south side of the bayou. So like you literally couldn't cross the bayou because it was flooded like that for three weeks. So I had to go live with my parents. Well, that's hard to do when you're in your forties and you haven't lived together for a while, mm-hmm. right? Ended up being a huge blessing. You don't get that kind of time with your with your family, you know, in your adulthood generally, especially not by yourself. But dude, it was so hard. And I'm, here I am trying to manage work a kid that's, you know, now remote for three weeks, <laughs> my husband and everything that's happening there and the insurance. And there were so many details. Mm. And then all of this work and the people I was working for at the time, the big client I was working for, just super uncooperative and unsupportive. And, and it was sort of in that moment that I, I discovered a couple of things. One that time blocking needed to look different. Yeah. Because if the insurance guy called, that's what needed to happen at that time. I don't care if I've got a time block for anything else, right? So that's when I really kind of discovered the beauty of a modular time blocking approach. And it's it's my lifeblood now. The other thing that I rediscovered was that I didn't want to do projects like that anymore. I didn't want to have clients like that anymore. I really wanted to do things that lit me up. I wanted to work with and for women. And, and I was tired of working with the white men that thought they could just dominate everything about your life. And, and that was just, you know, that was that breaking point. So, you know, every time there's a hurricane, my poor husband gets nervous because he's like, okay, so one hurricane, you got a divorce, one hurricane, you like blew up the world and, you know, (laughs) so every time there's a big hurricane coming, he's like, are we okay? Are we okay? I promise we're okay. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you go through that kind of intense pressure, I mean, it's like being put in a tight little bubble. All the good stuff is really super clear and obvious, which is amazing. But all the bad stuff is too. Mm. And so you, you've got to figure out how to, to peel those layers, like peeling an onion, right? You've got to peel those layers back 
and figure out, okay, well, how can I get rid of some of this? Because it's really tight in this dang bubble. Yeah. So, And so, I mean, just intense journeys, like intense mm-hmm. windows there and with a lot to manage, right? And I think so many people at home can relate sure. where there are windows where, you know, things are just going pretty smooth. We've got a lot on our plate, but status quo, we can get through it with the ways that we're operating in life. And then when, you know, something a little more intense happens, everything crumbles because we don't have those structures in place. And look, like I said, I'll be the first to admit my level of organization and time blocking. I find myself reacting more than I would like to. And so, you know, I loved how you talked about a blessing and a curse. Obviously nobody wishes the circumstances you've gone through on anyone, but the blessing of that is, is that you have mastered how to not only be prepared for some, you know, intense circumstance changes, but through that to have your life work during, you know, the good times and the bad. And so what, what are some of the things? So you're talking to like the perfect ideal candidate. What are (laughs) some of the things that you teach or that you would say if, if somebody, you know, what didn't have any any structure. I mean, of course I've got some cause I run my life and I've got two young kids and, but mine is kind of like juggling balls. And when I drop one, I go and run after it. And then I start, you know, juggling again. So where would you even start to, you know, be able to wrap your arms around it all? I would start by telling you to give yourself some dang grace, girl. Oh, because, yeah. because here's the thing. We're all a hot mess sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? Nobody has a magazine ready house all the time. They just don't. And if you do, then that's obviously a high value for you. And what else is not a high value, right? And so it's okay. It's totally okay. I mean, I was sick last week. And so my house looks like a bomb went off right now, right? My people are all old enough, but they don't take care of the house in the same way that I do. They don't mind the details. So, I mean, it happens, right? And so a lot of it comes down to what I really call the foundation of decision-making because clutter, disorganization, all of that is about decision-making. And so, you know, I mean, if it's always easier to look at in terms of like, if you have ever watched the show Hoarders, right? You know, like it's just overwhelming. There's literally stuff everywhere. But in the end, it's because I can't make a decision about every single little thing. And so indecision keeps it sitting there. Indecision keeps us bouncing around. And sometimes that's just where we have to live because it's the season or it's the circumstance or whatever. But you create that foundation by defining the values and then the priorities, and then the functions. And it has to come in that order. And and I mean, and I'm talking about breaking it down, not like your values in life. You know, obviously they're going to feed into that. But what do you value for your closet? What do you value in your master bedroom? What do you value for your desk space, right? What do you want to see in that space? What is the ideal for you? And then the priorities adjust some of that. So one of your values may be to have 
a kid-free zone in your office, but you've got two littles and that's just not necessarily always practical, right? So that lowers the priority on that, but there are going to be other things that, you know, okay, well, I want, I want to have things that are really beautiful. I want to have things that remind me about creativity. I want to have things like quick at hand. Like I want to be able to reach without getting up and grabbing all of the supplies that I need. I, you know, whatever those values are, right? And you can break it down to a, a small space like your desk or expand it to the room, right? And, and I really do recommend that you do it literally room by room. And the same applies to your calendar, right? And we've got different calendars, right? So you have to look at them in silos. We've got the work calendar. We've got the personal calendar. And personal calendar meaning like Carrie's calendar, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Carrie's calendar, right? And then your husband's calendar, each of your kids, volunteer stuff. You know, what, there's all those calendars. Mm-hmm. What do you value for each of those? Then what's the priority? And then what are the functions? Because for instance, picking on the bedroom, like you may say, you know, like I really want a big open space. I want it to be very clean and clear and okay, but you still have to have a bed, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) But it may come in the form of, okay, I want something that's just a bed frame or I want something with a really simple headboard rather than something more ornate with heavy footboard that feels like it's, it's filling the space when I want something that's more clear right? I want the bed to, I want the function to be there and I want it to be aesthetically pleasing, but I don't want it to take up any more space than it has to. That's great. I, uh, just listening to you talk, I remember someone told me many years ago, they said to me, if you show me the trunk of your car, I'll tell you kind of what your headspace is or your life is. And at the time I may as well have been a homeless person by the amount of stuff that was in my trunk. Ever since then, I sort of got, I cleaned my trunk out because I'm like, people are watching. Uh, But I'd love to talk a little about the connection between the clutter and the mindset or level of productivity. You know, obviously a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and um, it's something that, you know, weighs on my mind because I am someone, I remember in an interview once somebody said, you know, what kind of a desk do you keep? And like any good, you know, uh, person pursuing a job, I lied and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's neat and I have this stuff on the left and I have this stuff on the right. Uh, When my desk is always kind of like papers and I seem to find comfort in it and it must it must be craziness. Like what is the connection between having clutter and our own productivity and our own uh, ability to produce results or have a clear mind? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, visual clutter is mental clutter for sure. And so think about those times, like when you've gotten really stressed or you're on a really tight deadline with work. And I bet at that moment, the most important thing is to clear the crap off your desk. Yeah right? That is not really what you need to be doing, but that's what we have to do. Cause I can't clear the, what's happening in my mind until I can actually physically clear my space and reset it. And sometimes that happens just with our desk. Sometimes it's the, you know, like all you people watch out is, you know, mama's coming in to clean the house. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's always going to happen. Yeah. Right. And so it's a matter of being able to reset it quickly, right? So 
you know, in a, in a land outside of quarantine, if somebody called to say, Hey, I'm in the, na- I'm going to be in the neighborhood. I'll, I can be by in 15 minutes. I'd love to see you. Oh my gosh. I'd love to see you too. But right. Who then goes into a panic, grabs everything and shoves it into your bedroom. Yeah. Right. Unless it's like one of those really close friends that you just don't care. Right. Yeah. But you, you can easily get to a place where you don't have to do that to where it can seriously take 15 minutes to really just do a quick reset. And so, so much of that, again, comes down to the values, because if you know what you value, what goes into that room and what does not go into that room, same with your calendar, mm-hmm. then, then the stuff that needs to be in there is going to be in there. The stuff that doesn't need to be in there isn't going to be in there, generally speaking. And it's going to be easy to reset. The other thing that I recommend to everyone is 10 minutes a day. Yeah. In my community, (laughs) get super tired of hearing me talk about it. But seriously, 10 minutes a day, I recommend you have your own 10 minutes a day, whether it's at your desk, whether it's wherever, whatever space is making you crazy. In the bathroom, break that 10 minutes into five each one in the morning after your morning routine one after your evening routine just reset that space but in my family we call it a family 10 and we do it we have dinner together every night and we do it right after we finish dinner not after we finish cleaning up because that's an easy time for people to scatter Mm -hmm. right but right after we finish eating set the timer for 10 minutes one person's in charge of the space that you are working on and it's a public space not a private space And one person is in charge of the music. So if you've got littles, you may be listening to a lot of kids, Bob. Doesn't matter. It's all good, right? It's 10 minutes. You can suck up 10 minutes (laughs) and you don't leave the space. So let's say you're working in the living room. You make a stack of stuff that goes to one of your kiddos rooms. You make a stack of stuff that goes to the other one, stack of stuff that goes to your bedroom, a stack for the kitchen, a stack for here, a stack for there. In that 10 minutes and you reset, you put things back where they're supposed to go. You fluff the pillows, you you really clear the space, right? And then at the end of that 10 minutes, then each of you take a stack, the kiddos take their own, you and your husband split up, who takes the rest, and you go and you put those things where they belong. And what it does is not only does it clear that space, so like in your house, that's 40 minutes worth of work Mm -hmm. in 10 minutes, right? That's a lot of time. Yeah. Now, is that gonna be 40 minutes like you doing 40 minutes? No, it's not because you've got two littles, right? Just like I've got a teenager, like that for and that 10 minutes is, you know, hit or miss. It's still 40 minutes worth of work every single day. So it's clearing that space, but it's also causing them to think about when they go and set something down where it doesn't belong. Crap, I'm probably going to have to pick this up and put it up later. Let me just go put it up where it goes now. Yeah. So it starts retraining the brain without you even having to say it because they're feeling the own natural consequence of of leaving things out. And you can get to that place where everything is tidy enough in sort of the everyday space that you can start digging in on, okay, let's spend 10 minutes on the silverware drawer. When was the last time you really emptied the silverware drawer? Cleaned it out, wiped it down, right? I mean, you just, who the heck has time for that? But in 40 minutes worth of time, you can do that. Your kiddos can can do that you know, dump it all into a bucket. They can then sort it. You can wipe things down. Your husband can wash the thing, right? And so 
you can start kind of ticking away at some of those little things that really make it smooth. And the same is true for you and put it in the dang calendar. Like, like ours is in the calendar because we eat dinner at 6.30 every night. So at seven o'clock, family 10 is on the calendar. And then all of our reminders go off at the same time because we all have devices in this house, right? My Amazon friend also has a reminder for us. And so, you know, all of a sudden there's just this cacophony of, hey, don't forget it's family 10 time. And so you just go and you knock it out and it becomes fun. That's what I was just about to ask. Is this something like obviously your history and your experiences kind of forced this level of organization on you at a young age, but it does it because I got to be honest, like for me, and maybe it's the more you do it, the, you know, the, the easier, more fun it becomes. Is this just something that you naturally have always loved doing? Um, no, it's totally a coping mechanism. Totally. Um, I mean, I think I was always a fairly organized kid, but I mean, like my dad's an engineer. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. So I grew up in a very organized home, but also one where like my mom is very creative. So you always knew exactly where to find things. But if she was working on a project, the dining room table was just overflowing with whatever that project was. And so that, you know, I mean, I, I certainly grew up with, with sort of that, that subset of, of skills and we're not all born with those skills or taught those skills as a kid. Right. It's like anything else. Right. I mean, like you didn't come out of the womb knowing how to do a dang podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, you know, we go and we get the skills and, you know, I mean, my mom is still looking for the pictures, but my room as a high schooler was horrendous I had pads I knew exactly where everything was but you couldn't see the floor Mm -hmm. because it was my means of controlling right it was my way of controlling exactly what I wanted well as it turned out my mom was actually really the one in control (laughs) because she had warned me like you got to clean it up because we can't keep like this and so then one day she came in and she put everything in trash bags like the big lawn and garden trash bags four of them Still to this day, do not know where the woman hid them. They weren't in the trunk. They weren't in the attic. They weren't in the garage. They weren't at the neighbors. So I don't really know where they were. And I had to buy them back for 25 bucks a piece. Sight unseen. So I might have one shoe in one and one shoe in the other. (laughs) Didn't matter. It was dirty clothes, clean clothes. God knows what else in there. But my room was clean after that. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes it takes big things to to move us a little bit. And sometimes it takes little things to move us a big bit. Right. So if all you've got is 10 minutes, yeah, then take the 10 minutes. If you've got four hours to invest, take the four hours, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hate to this day putting up laundry. I love my laundry put up. I like doing the laundry, but the coming out of the dryer to the drawers <laughs> and the hanging I don't know what it is about it that I hate it so much. So I have an audio audio book on Audible that I only listen to when I'm doing laundry. Mm. And so I find that I batch do laundry sometimes because like, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to the next chapter, right? I want to listen to the next little bit. And I do that with podcasts too. Like there are certain podcasts that I only listen to when I get from my morning walk. Mm. I love the effects of my morning walk, but I don't always like to get out and do it. Yeah. 
And so, but if I know, ooh, I just have to go listen to this. Love it. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to trick yourself, girl. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. And I think as, as you know, I, I was going to say as entrepreneurs, but I think just as anyone who's got any kind of responsibilities anywhere, um, you know, the priority list gets so long that find I find that those things, those kind of organizational things fall into the nice to have bucket. But what I've really appreciated about today's call, and, uh, you know, I'm certain people at home will have too, is just the the importance of like actually having seeing the value in it being higher on the priority list. It's not just a nice to have, but it it, it will actually enhance the working environment, enhance our own mental clarity. And so once I can relate to it like that, because honestly, as an entrepreneur and a mom, those are my two buckets of like, these things have to, they get all of my attention and anything else is kind of a nice to have. Let's include my husband in there. Um, So for sure, but those are kind of like my, and then anything else just is like, well, if there's time, which there just never is. But the truth of the matter is what I loved about what you've shared is that it that there is some real actual importance to this and it is having an impact and it is something that needs to go on the priority list and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. So I'm I'm super grateful for everything that you've shared today. Uh, I'm really grateful for uh, you know this blessing and this curse that you've lived through and that you're someone who chooses to now help and support others. I'm always in awe of the people who come on this podcast that no matter what they've gone through in their own lives, they have looked for and sought out ways to give back from the things that they've learned. And you are obviously a walking, talking proof of that. So thank you for being the kind of person that looks out and says, I think I can make a difference here. And now that is exactly what you're doing with your own skill sets in your own special way. So tell us, how do we find you? How do we learn more about you? What is it that you offer? What, how did this become your career now? What is it that you, what, what, how can we work with you? Well, my website is cultivating-uyou.com and you can find all the links to all the places. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I've got a great Facebook group, like I mentioned before, Cultivating Community that we, I do live trainings in, we do tips and tricks and it's just a really great supportive community. I throw out all sorts of little challenges. A couple of weeks ago, we were digging in on digital photos and everybody's all crazy about that. So I know we're going to yeah. dig through that again. And you know, because I mean, we, we all have those clogs, right? Um, and most of what I did before was in home. And mm. so thanks to COVID-19, massive pivot. I had already had on my goals list to do more virtual this year because I wanted to be able to reach more people. Mm. Well, then it was instant. As you shall receive. (laughs) Yes. um, I spent a couple of weeks um, being pitiful about it and feeling a little stuck. And then just, you know, like I do, you pull on those boots and okay, let's go. And so open June 1st, my membership, which is the Clear Your Chaos Collective. And it's an amazing group of women. They come in seasonally and each month we work through a different thing. So like in the summer season, we're doing the sanctuary space. So we're doing the bedroom, the bathroom and the closet. And 
it's an amazing group of women. They're supporting each other, they get coursework, they get challenges, they get journal prompts. Cause I mean, you know, I'm going to dig in on the mindset stuff too. It's mm-hmm. not just about making it cute, but the difference is, is that they feel amazing and they feel empowered and they feel like they're growing in their skills every single month. And I mean, there are people who have said, you know, Jen, like I walked through this values exercise with my husband because that's the other thing with the values exercise is in shared spaces. You do yours, your partner does theirs, and then you create a shared one, right? Because your values are still your values. Those are not going to be compromised, but that shared value set is what is the compromise of both. So they did that in their bedroom. They've been military before, traveled all over the place, ended up creating a very intentional space in their new home. And some of the gunk that was in their marriage Mm. has now cleared up. They've got a space to be intentional together. They've got a space to be intentional separately. They have a greater understanding of each other because they understand each other's values for that space. And it's, and it, and it's rolling out to the rest of the house. And dude, that's what it's about, you know? And when, when a client tells me she feels brave and confident to, to, to go make dinner, you know, like, like literally everyday stuff, right? Because her man children that are living with them right now know the expectation. They know that they're going to have the dishwasher cleaned and emptied and everything put up by 5.30 so that she can start cooking at six. And she can walk in at six knowing it's done and that they feel good about it. She feels good about it. And holy crap, brave and confident when you're talking about cooking dinner, who doesn't want that in their life? (laughs) Seriously, I'm so uh, inspired by this connection between your physical environment and your emotional state, whether that be in relation to those living in your house or just yourself going to cook dinner uh, and how that makes you feel. Uh, I think it's incredible. I think that uh, those of you at home, I know Jen listed out a fair few places to find her and I'm so grateful that she did. I'm going to put all of it in the show notes. Uh, so check the description um, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast and her social handles, the membership site, which sounds incredible. I'm so grateful that you've created this place for women to be able to come together to enjoy these conversations uh, and your website as well. So I'll make sure that people have access to that. Uh, Thank you so much. Truly, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Really grateful that you showed up today. Oh, it is my pleasure, my friend. All right. And with that, everyone listening from home, we will see you next week. And until then, choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.